Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast, which is all about coaching. And coaching is one of my favourite topics, and there's so much we can talk about under this heading. Uh, But today it's about my top 10 tips. And just to set the scene a little bit, a lot of of people think coaching is primarily about a set piece of working with someone, say in a in a pre- an appraisal meeting or a um, performance review meeting, but coaching happens all the time in any dynamic, in any conversation, where you take an approach that's really other person-centered rather than your own. And for a, an immediate generalized contrast, always think of coaching as an alternative to instructing or telling or lecturing. So coaching is really other person-centered. And in the following top 10 tips, I'm going to refer to two people involved in the coaching experience. One is the coach, and I'm calling the other person who's being coached the individual. So in the 10 tips that follow, it's between the coach and the individual. So here we go. The top 10 tips on coaching. Tip number one, let the individual lead. And that's essentially the heart of any coaching approach. The coach should be spending most of their time asking questions, listening to the answer and then following up. And it's useful right at the beginning to ask some very open, vague questions. So I would usually start a coaching conversation with how can I help? Or what would you like to talk about? Or so, what's how's things? What's happening? And when you ask an open question, it gives the individual the maximum opportunity to focus on what they want to focus on. So this is something about contamination that I'll talk about later on. Don't you suggest what the issue is. Always let the other person, the individual, lead. And throughout the conversation, get into the habit of asking questions. Asking as open a question as you can gives the maximum opportunity to the individual to come up with their topic, their heading, their thoughts, their solutions, their ideas. And that's at the essence of any coaching. So tip number one, let the individual lead. Tip number two, and this really follows on from tip number one. Coaching is about drawing out rather than putting in. So throughout the coaching process, Your job as coach is to bring out the ideas and thoughts and suggestions from the other person to get them to work through from issue to solution. So throughout the coaching process, it's about the individual having ownership, working through what they think is important, working through their priorities, working through their ideas, working through their options and arriving at their solution. So tip number two, draw out rather than put in. Tip number three, probe. This is another essential component for any coach. Having asked your initial and quite open question, then the key skill is to follow up on that question and the answer to it by what we call drilling down. So let's give you an example. Suppose somebody said that in response to how can I help you they may say well I'm not very good with time management in truth time management covers a huge range of, of, 
other issues. It could be to do with prioritising, it could be to do with dealing with interruptions, it could do with personal organisation and discipline. We don't know. So the answer, well, I'm not very good at time management, covers a whole range of possibilities. So probe. So, what specifically are you wanting to look at? What are the particular issues for you to do with time management? Can you give me an example of how time management is a problem or an issue for you? So all of these questions, these follow-up questions, help find the detail behind the original answer. It's a bit like funneling uh, your conversation. If the individual offers you a very generalised answer, that's the top end of a funnel. And your job is to ask further questions that reduces that funnel down into more and more specific information. So, a key skill, tip number three, probe. Drill down for further information. Tip number four, don't contaminate. So what does that mean? Clearly in any conversation, the coach and the individual both have their thoughts, both have their background information, both have their ideas. But it's crucial for you as a coach not to let your own thoughts and ideas leak out so that they influence the individual. And that's what we mean by contamination. Letting your own thoughts and ideas, suggestions and opinions influence the other person's thinking. So keep your own thoughts to yourself. And that's quite a skill. A really good coach won't let the individual have any sense of what the coach is thinking, what the coach would suggest, what the coach's opinion is. And even if the individual were to ask you, you perhaps need to say something like, uh, what I think isn't really important at this point, I'm here to help you work out what you think. So don't contaminate, that's tip number four. Don't contaminate. Tip number five. Avoid mind reading. And what I mean by that really is don't assume that from their answer you can work out what the meaning is to their answer. So don't mind read. Don't guess. Don't assume. Clarify. Probe. Seek the answer. For example, if the individual says, um, I'm uncomfortable in working with so-and-so it's quite easy to make an assumption of what I'm not comfortable means but you don't know so follow up with a probing question how do you mean uncomfortable can you give me an example can you explain that to me what's going on that makes you feel uncomfortable search for the detail coming from them rather than make a guess or estimate as to what you think they might mean. So tip number five, avoid mind reading. Tip number six, calibrate. Now this is a technical term that I find very useful because in this one word it means something quite detailed and quite complex but very helpful. And here's what calibration means. When you start the conversation you'll have an initial impression of the other person how they look, how they sound, how they're behaving. And that's the initial starting point for your calibration. You're taking a benchmarking view of how the individual is. And then during the conversation, some of what you've seen might change. 
their body language might change, their posture. They may start gesturing. They may look more anxious or nervous or even upset. And all of these are possible indicators of something going on in the individual that might be worth exploring. So, for example, if the person, the other person, the individual, does what I'm doing, slows right down, they're probably thinking about something quite deeply, and that's an indication that that's an area that perhaps is worth probing. So that's what we mean by calibration. You're looking for a change in how they were when they came in. Has something altered in their way of presenting themselves that might be an indication that something's going on that's quite important. But here's the crucial point, and it refers to the previous tip. If you notice a change, question it rather than guess what it means. So, if you notice a change, bring that to their attention. You can say, I notice that you are, whatever, leaning forward, leaning back. You sound a little bit upset. You look a little nervous or anxious and explain to them, give them some detail. You are no longer looking directly at me. You, you're looking away or you're looking down at the ground. Is, is that significant? Is there anything going on that perhaps we should be talking about? So, by all means, raise the fact that you've noticed the change, but don't guess what it means. And that's what we mean by calibrate. So, tip number six, calibrate changes in the individual. Tip number seven, <clears throat> manage silence. Quite often in a coaching conversation, the other person might go quiet. And I think there are four reasons for that, four reasons why people go quiet. And it's perhaps just worth mentioning the four and what they mean and what you therefore might do with each of these types of silence. So the four types are stuck silence, reflective silence, manipulative silence and conditioned or cultural silence. So let's look at each in turn. Stuck silence means that the individual is stuck. The way the conversation has developed has left the individual stuck, not sure where to go. So, if that's the case, your job is to notice that and then offer some help. Such as, can I give you an example of, of what I'm talking about? Or, let me explain in a little more detail. That's possibly what they're missing. They, they don't understand what you're getting at or they're not sure what you're getting at, but they perhaps don't like to ask or, or raise that concern. So help them out. So that's the first type of silence, stuck silence. The second is reflective silence. They're simply quiet because they're thinking. They need to take a time out to process and work through what they think, how they're feeling, and come to terms with perhaps the emotions concerned. So for a reflective silence, you need to give them that space. You need to stay silent yourself and allow them to be comfortable as they work through to their answers. The third silence is manipulative. This is much rarer in, a, in an adult coaching conversation, but it might be a, 
a more likely silence if you're perhaps working with um, young adults or teenagers. And this is means really that their silence is there because they want you to answer your own question. They're hoping that if they stay silent you'll move on or you'll answer your own question. Um, now that's not really helpful in terms of getting them to come up with their own answers. So as coach you would need to recognize that they're perhaps looking for you to answer and clarify straight away that that's not going to happen. So I'm happy that we take time to work out your answer. Um, just take your time and perhaps replay the question or give an example. And if the, the manipulation is very strong and they absolutely refuse, then move on. Whatever you do, don't reward the manipulative silence by giving them what they want, which is your answer to your question. So if the manipulation silence is really strong, just move on. Change tack. Introduce a different type of question. And the fourth type of silence, conditioned or cultural, is that the, the person you're working with, the individual, might simply have learned over time, because of their cultural background or because of the way, for example, school has been, is that they've been asked questions and not really been encouraged to come up with the answer. So they've learned to stay silent. For example, if they've been to a school where, if you like, a teacher has offered a, a question but always been good at answering it themselves, or when anybody from um, the classroom has answered the question themselves, it's usually been frowned on or they've, uh, they've been criticised for their answer, then people are bound to learn to keep their powder dry and, and stay quiet. And the best solution for that is to explain that you are genuinely looking for their views, for their answers to your questions. So it's a sense of, of reconditioning almost to, to changing the expectation. So, four types of silence and deal with each as required. So tip number seven, manage silence. Tip number eight, recap. If you've been following any of my podcasts, you'll know this is not the first time I've, I've mentioned this essential skill. And it has the same reasons. If you're in a coaching conversation, then recapping what's being said by the individual shows that you've been listening. It checks for understanding and it helps you control the flow. So, tip number eight, recap. Tip number nine, help them be a blockbuster Many problems that the individual face, faces arise from them hitting a barrier or block, which they need help in getting past or around. They often know what they want and why, and that it's an issue for them. They just don't know how to get past whatever it is that's stopping them making progress. So, you'll soon re realise that in a good coaching conversation you'll get to what the problem is in terms of blockages they have a, a motivation they know what they want they know why they want it just not how to get there so the focus often is the block and your job is to ask sensible questions to help them generate their own ideas to find their own solution and again 
open questions focused on the block or barrier. What do you think stopping you? What is it that's stopping you? What are some of your options that you might have already tried? How did they work out? What else might you try? And so on. So, tip number nine, help them be a blockbuster. And tip number ten, have a helpful structure. Often as a coach, you simply go with the flow. You respond to their answers by probing, by following up, by simply moving on to another question. Maybe recapping, clarifying, and then asking another question. So most of the coach's contribution is through questions. Summarising, recapping, asking another question. Responding to the individual's answers. But throughout that process, it can be helpful for the coach to have a structure, a series of steps that they are going to go through to help them move the conversation along. And that's going to be the topic of next week's podcast. My top 10 tips around structuring coaching conversations. Models, if you like, coaching models that you can use to help pin your conversation on. So that's it for this week. Let me quickly recap the top 10 tips. Tip number one, let them lead. Tip number two, draw out rather than put in. Tip number three, probe, drill down. Tip number four, don't contaminate. Tip number five, avoid mind reading. Tip number six, calibrate. Tip number seven, manage the four silences. Tip number eight, recap. Tip number nine, help them be a blockbuster. And tip number ten, have a helpful structure, a model to organize the structure for your conversation. So that's it for this week. I hope you found some of those tips helpful. Uh, Bye for now.